consecrate yourselves. This was a command that was given to Joshua to tell his people to consecrate themselves. But before we get into that part of the story, let's, let's kind of back up and figure out where we're at. So walk with me a little bit here. You, see, you, you remember the story about Moses and how he was used by God to bring the people up out of Egypt and to take them into the promised land. And we've had this 40 years of going by. We've had some problems along the way. Obviously, when the spies were sent out in numbers there, the, uh, the spies came back, 12 of them came back. They, they came back, 10 of them with a, good, with a bad report, two of them with a good report. And as a result, now they have this, this, this problem that because they talked bad about the, the land that God was taking them to, because they, 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 those 10 went around and, and began to, to mess up the, the opinions and the beliefs that these people had, God said, for every day that the spies were gone, there was going to be a year added on to them walking around in the wilderness. And so we have, we have now 40 years have gone by. Now, the only ones that did get to go in, the older generation that got to go in, was going to be Joshua and Caleb. And so by the time we get to the end of Deuteronomy, we have the giving of that second law, we find that, that God has, has told Moses he can't go into the promised land, and that authority, that, that, that shifting has been given over now to Joshua to take the people into the promised land. And so when we pick up in the book of Joshua, we find Joshua being told by his people to be strong and courageous as they are, as he is leading them into this next place. But I want us to look specifically then at Joshua chapter 3, because it's in this, in this chapter that we find this term, consecrate. So come with me then, Joshua chapter 3, starting right there in verse 1. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. So the, the command is to make sure that there's a distance here between you and the ark. There's, you know, there's, there's a reason for that. God's really serious about the ark of the covenant here. But again, these people, these are, these are a new generation. They have not been to this new land, right? It was like back in the time of Abraham that anybody was in this promised land that they are at now. And then in verse 5, says, Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, or other translations have consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. And that's where I want us to bank today. Now we're going to read some more of this chapter here, but I want us to bank on the word consecrate. What exactly does consecrate mean? In the Hebrew, the, words mean, the Hebrew word means sanctify, Prepare, dedicate, be holy, separate, or to be set apart. And so as we look at the rest of this chapter here, we look at what, what Joshua is telling the people to do to, to basically consecrate themselves, to wash themselves, to purify themselves. Why is it so important for the people to, to worship or sorry, to, to, to cleanse themselves 
Why is it so important for them to consecrate themselves? Look with me then a little bit further in the chapter 3. Starting in verse 6. In the morning Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. Now, you probably know this story now. This is where they're going to be crossing over the Jordan River, right? And so the priests, they are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and they're being told that when you get to the middle of the water, stop. Now, what's very interesting is, keep in mind, the earlier generation that died off in the red, in the, in the, uh, in the wanderings, those 40 years of wanderings, they were there when the Red Sea happened. This generation that Joshua is leading because the older generation died out, that was why they walked in the wilderness for so long, waiting for that last one to die out, right? And so this new generation is being raised up and they have, they've seen some of God's miracles, but they didn't see the Red Sea, or if they did, they were young when they saw it, right? Because this is 40 years different. So here we have another time when God is showing himself, God is about to split some waters here. All right, starting then in verse 9. So Joshua told the Israelites, Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hevitites, Perizzites, Girgishites, Ammonites, and Jebusites ahead of you. Look the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as the feet touch the water, the flow of water will cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. This would have been really cool to see. Now, I would, have, I would have been okay seeing the Red Sea, but, but if I was second generation, this would have been cool to see. That the moment you start stepping into the water, whoop, here comes this wall of water, right? And, and then everything underneath you is dry. I would have liked to have seen that. All right, we're almost done. Check out what happens here. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and... and the Jordan was overflowing its banks, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at the town called Adam, which is near Zarthan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now, why do I read all that? Because I want you to understand the miracle that just happened here as a result of the people consecrating themselves. So then go back up to, chapter, to, to verse 5. Then Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. 
consecrate yourselves, because tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Now again, we looked at this word consecrate. This is to set apart. I want you to, to kind of hang with that definition of to, to set apart. The only reason that the people were able to see this miracle happen, it wasn't that God couldn't have done it any other day, but God was saying, I want you to consecrate yourselves. I want you to purify yourselves. I want you to set yourselves apart. This is that last little bit where God's people are moving into God's nation, God's land. Remember, this was the promise. Abraham was here before. He went in, in Genesis. We talked about this before. He went up and over and into what we now know is, is well, he, went, he went over into the, to Canaan. Right? So he moved on over there, or he was he was in now this land that God had promised him, and then he had to through through generations there, they went into Egypt. They became slaves while they're in Egypt, and God is saying, Okay, this is the appointed time again. It's the appointed time for me to send my my man Moses in there to grab the people and to bring them back into this land that I promised Abraham I would give. They're, they're, they're about to make that transition, but they got to make sure once and for all that all of that Egypt is off of them because God tried his, God tried to have the people understand, the older generation understand that they needed to break off all these connections that they had with Egypt, but, but the people didn't. They built the golden calf. They, they did all these things. They, 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 talked bad about God's promise. And so now we have this new generation. There has to be this washing of all of whatever is left of Egypt and whatever might even be left of the desert cleansed so that as they move into this new nation, as they move into this new time in their life, that they walk in clean, set apart, maybe even renewed in God. And what I feel is that now we are in this new stage. We are in this new place where God wants to do something totally awesome. He wants to do something, as it says right here, that you'll see his wonders among you. He wants to do this. He wants to bring us into this time where we see his wonders, his, his new wonders. But you can't go into God's promised land. If you're going to bring all that junk from before back with you. God's chosen people moved into the chosen land. Now, I'm going to say you are one of God's chosen people. I know this for a fact. That God has called you. That God has, has, has put you for this time because there's something specific that he wants to do in you. There's something specific he wants to do through you. So you are God's chosen people for, for right now. And because of that, he wants to move you into this new place, this new time, this new land. But you got to consecrate yourselves. We all do, myself included. I can't sit here and point the finger at you if I'm not going to consecrate myself as well. Even Joshua had to get consecrated. 
remember it says here, Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, the Lord will do great wonders among you. This includes him. All of Israel got this same command. Hey, we've got we to purify ourselves. We've got to set ourselves apart. We've got to consecrate ourselves. And they take that time to consecrate. They take that time to expose themselves, to, to give themselves up to God, surrender themselves to God for his cleanliness, for his purification. We've got to do the same, folks, because God is ready. He is ready to move us to that next place. This is a, this is a great time in history because you have the ability right now you have that position right now to 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 you are in that spot where you can you can be moved into what god has next for you but it all has to start with consecration god looks for those people who are set apart for him we even see this when actually when we look in the uh, in the in, in acts where there's that set apart set apart for me Barnabas and, and Paul, Saul back then, but we know him as Paul, right? There was a specific thing that God wanted to do with these two guys right here. Now we go from a Greek word to a, a Hebrew word to a Greek word, but it's the same thing. There is this specific, this specific piece that God is wanting to do with these gentlemen. And if you notice, I tell you what, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a change in the world, a little bit of change in your Bible because of what Paul did right on his journeys this is this is where we have this this the first missionary journey is going to begin by the selection of set apart for me paul and barnabas what can god do with you if you are set apart what wonders can he do in using you if you are consecrated if you are set apart for him Think about soap. One of the things that I like about soap is that it makes me clean, right? Now that's good. Now I use, I use, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I use that nice little Irish scented kind of soap there, right? I like that way that that one makes me smell, right? I like, I like just like the smell of it, period. But anyway, so think about soap. Soap is there to cleanse our body. It's there to separate the dirt from our skin. It is a form of consecration. When we come before God, it's the same thing. Now, here's the deal, though. In order to consecrate, we have to lay it all on the line there. We have to say, God, this is what I've done. God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. God, please forgive me for what I've done. That's simple consecration right there. That's, that's the simplicity of it. It's us saying, God, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me for my sins, God, and make me clean again. When I step in the shower and I'm scrubbing, oh, man, my body, it's dirty. The soap, please come and make my body clean again. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm consecrating myself in the shower. Getting that, that, that difference between the dirt on my body, the stink on my body, and the, and the smell, the, the aroma, the cleanliness that I want my physical body to have. Consecration is when we set ourselves apart. We, we get rid of that stench. And we dedicate ourselves once more to God. 
So don't think of it as something that's hard and, and too high a challenge for you to do. No, it's as easy as taking a shower. In fact, you can be like me and you can pray in the shower. God, I'm washing myself with the soap, but I ask God that you forgive me of my sins as well and that you would forgive me for all those things that I've done wrong. And as the, as the dirty water is washing down the drain, so, so spiritually is my sin being rinsed off and down the drain. That is consecration. And when we do this, as we see here in Joshua, when we do this consecration, this purification process, well, then he says, then tomorrow you're going to see my wonders. Look at the rest of that chapter that we read. And the reason we read it is so that you can see, sure enough, there were wonders that happened as a result. When those priests carrying the ark stepped into the water, again, the water stops. There's a wall on one side and a nothingness down the other side, right? And so you have this, this stopping of the water. They're able to cross over, and it was flood season even. So the water was higher than it normally is, and they're walking across as if nothing. Man, this is just another dirt road for us to cross over because God has done all the hard work because they consecrated themselves, set themselves apart again for what God was about to do. They saw his wonders, and that was just the first bit. As they went into Jericho, we know that they took out Jericho, and from there they conquered and divided they took out the other the other little nations, ungodly nations, again, as a result of consecrating themselves to God. So if you were to consecrate yourself to God, there is no stopping what God can do. There's no stopping his wonders. There's no stopping God. Consecrate yourself. We have to step away from our sin. We have to be cleansed of our sin so that we can walk in the fullness of what God has. And I, and I, I guarantee you that God has as this calling, God has this specific, this specific thing for you. But we have to be honest with ourselves. The people couldn't walk into the land dirty. So why do we think that we can walk into our promise dirty? that we can walk into our, our calling and be dirty. No, God, God does not like that. God does not want that. God wants us to be cleansed, to be purified, to be set apart. You know, maybe they would have tried without the whole cleansing, without the, without the, the consecration. Maybe they would have said, oh, Joshua, you're kidding. God's going to do it anyway because that's just the kind of guy he is. You know, we've been walking with you long enough to know that, you know, even if we sit here and complain, God's still going to do something. But what if in the middle of the Jordan, the water sweeps a couple away? What if the water doesn't open at all? They saw God's blessings because they consecrated themselves. They saw God's blessings because they washed themselves of the sin and came fresh before God. And he opened the doors. He opened that door. Think of this literally. He opened the door between where they were and where they were supposed to go. And that's because they obeyed in consecration. They saw his wonders. So we've got to get rid of this mindset that says that we can kind of live a little bit on both sides there. That we can, we can live a dirty life 
and still expect all the blessings of God. Now I'll tell you this, that God is a gracious guy, and sometimes more than we, uh, than we should be having, we see his grace. I will say that for my own life. I know that there were times when I was doing some messed up stuff, and you know what happened? God still blessed. God still provided. Let me just put it that way. He provided what I needed. But there were some things that I was not able to move into because I didn't take myself away from that sin. But I tell you, consecration, getting that junk off, being set apart for, for something specific, we, I have begun to see God's blessings as a result of being consecrated before God, of asking God simply to forgive me. What does Romans 6.23 say? It says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, let me, let me explain it to you this way. I work, I go to work, I get a paycheck, those are my wages, right? So what is the paycheck then for me going to work? Money, right? What is the paycheck for my sin? Well, according to that scripture, the wages of sin is death. So if I'm not going to walk in God's ways, if I'm not going to be separated from my sin, what's my paycheck? What can I expect every other Friday? Death. The wages of sin is death. Now it goes on to say that the gift of God is eternal life. So think of it this way. We get that, we get that sin off. We consecrate ourselves. We now walk in exactly what Joshua was saying to the people. We walk in the blessings of God. We see his wonders. So let's stop going to work so that we can get a paycheck of sin when God wants to give us the blessings that come with consecration, the blessings that come with us being set apart for him. People, this is, this, this is where we need to be. Again, God's chosen people are about to enter into God's chosen place. And you are God's chosen people. Consecrate yourselves so that God will take you into that chosen place that he has for you. Forgiveness. We make it so hard. Maybe, maybe we make it hard because we're not sure whether we want to stop doing what we're doing or not. But the truth of the matter is, while you might get a couple steps ahead living in your sin, I guarantee you it's never going to be as great as living in the fullness of what God has for you if we simply just give ourselves to Him. Is it hard? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes... I still wonder, would it be would it be funner, funner, funner is a word, would it be more fun to do the things that the world's doing? Maybe, but we've talked about this before too. The problem though is that in doing those things, I find death. That's again part of that wages of sin piece there. That's the death that we find. God wants to bless us. God wants to give more on us than we think that we should have. More on us than what maybe we've already received. But it's, it, it all comes down to this consecration, this, this setting ourselves apart 
for him. Surrender. Break off that, that connection between you and the world. And in doing that, now God says, Ah, I can pour on you so much more than you ever thought I would. You've been, you've been dreaming this and I have this. Set apart, consecrate, sanctify, prepare for what God has for you. Dedicate yourselves. Now, again, one of those definitions we looked at was be holy. And we know that Jesus says, be holy, for I am holy. It's, it's, this, is, this is one of the things that God wants us to do. But he knows that we're going to stumble and fall. And that's why we have these times where we come to God and we say, God, I'm sorry, I missed it again. I, I tried my best, and, and, and or maybe I didn't try at all. And I, I sinned. It's as easy as coming to God and saying, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Now, go back in Romans a little bit. I read to Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But go up to Romans 6.14 and it says, Shall we sin because we're not under law, but under grace? By no means. So what Paul is saying in that is, just because we have the ability to ask God for forgiveness doesn't mean we should do the sin, knowing that we can ask God a little later on. Now, we still need to live that purified life. We still need to live that consecrated life. We still need to live as clean as possible. But even if you live in the physical as clean as possible, there's going to come a day when you need to take a shower, right? You're going to get a little stinky somewhere. Same spiritually. Coming to God and saying, God, I've messed up. I'm just asking you for forgiveness. And it doesn't have to be some major sin. Man, I, I have to ask God all the time to forgive me because I have, I won't be honest, sometimes I have attitude issues. Sometimes the tone that I'm speaking in offends somebody. God, please forgive me for the way I just said that. I didn't mean for it to come out that way. There are, there are multiple reasons why I still have to ask God for forgiveness. I'm not above it. And I, and I don't mess up on purpose because I know, oh, well, God will forgive me, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I used to, but not anymore because, you know what, there's no fun in the paycheck of sin. I want to live in this ready position for God to move me into what's next. And I want that for you. So, again, I'm going to challenge you one more time. Joshua 3, 5. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. God wants to do some great wonders among you. And he wants to start now. So what are you going to do? I hope you're going to take a, a spiritual shower. I hope you're going to get that soap and cleanse the dirt that's on you. And consecrate yourselves so that you can indeed walk in the blessings that he has for you. You are God's chosen people. Cleanse yourself so that he purify yourself. Ask him to forgive you. Consecrate yourself so that you can walk into the next stage that God has for you. The blessings that he has. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.